Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. We are fresh off a Monday night victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. Heading into week four now, we'll recap everything that happened this past weekend. Jarrett Bailey, Kurt Homister with you. Matt Verderam will join us here in a bit. Kurt, you know, you know me. Last night was it was a good night for, for, your, for your boy here. <laughs> I, think, I think it was a good night for uh, a lot of fans out there, especially Chiefs fans, because it just further proved that the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football. Patrick Mahomes is undoubtedly the best quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, it was a fun game to watch, unless you're a Baltimore Ravens fan. Well, here's the thing, mate. So, I told – I've really said this for uh, a while. I mean, you know how I am when it comes to the, the Mahomes-Lamar debate. If last night didn't prove to the uh, Lamar Jackson stands, you know, the, the – what's the word? The delusional fans who <laughs> still think he's better than Patrick Mahomes, and nothing will, mate. I mean – 15 of 28, 97 yards on the day. 97 yards is what, what sticks out to me because, like, we know that Lamar Jackson isn't, you know, known for his big arm or anything like that, but you're the NFL MVP. You should be able to throw at least one length of a football there or hey, a football field. But, but Kurt, he can run really super-duper fast, and he can do <laughs> spin moves, and he looks really cool when he does it. So, therefore, he is better than Patrick Mahomes. And, bro, this is – it was so – this was like porn for me last night as a Steeler fan, just <laughs> just watching this downfall. And, look, I know that, you know, we were supposed to be as unbiased as possible, but we're not going to pretend we don't have allegiances to certain teams. I'm a, Steeler, I'm a Steeler fan. So, last night, obviously, I was rooting for the Chiefs. That was – the 34-20 score does not in any way project what that game was like no. because the, the Ravens had – their only touchdown be a kick return from Devin DuVernay going into, I believe the fourth quarter is when they scored their other touchdown. So for a while, the only touchdown they had was off a kick return. They didn't look good at all. And the chiefs took away the run game. I think they were pretty much saying like, look, we take away what they do. If they beat us in the past, tip our cap, we move on. Mm -hmm. They know that they know once you get a lead on Baltimore, Lamar Jackson can't pass you back into games. He's he proved it last year against Tennessee. Proved it in the playoffs against the Chargers his rookie year. Proved it again tonight. Proved, he proved it really in the previous two games between Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because now he's 0-3 against the Chiefs. They always take away – seem to take away what he does best. Same thing that Tennessee, Tennessee did last year in the playoffs. If you make him throw to win, it's going to be a long day for Baltimore. And, you know, I think this is I – don't, I don't want to say, you know – the downfall because this team is still very talented. This team is still great. They're going to most likely, you know, probably go pretty far in the playoffs here if they can figure things out. But I, I saw it firsthand in Buffalo with, with, um, with uh, Greg Roman being, you know, the offensive coordinator for the bills. And he, 
I didn't like what he did with Josh Allen and Tyrod Taylor, I should say. And I didn't like what he did with Tyrod Taylor and, you know, the, the play schemes that he ran with him over and over and over again. And I'm starting to think that maybe teams are figuring out what Baltimore is doing. They, they know, everybody knows it's no secret that Baltimore is going to run the ball. They're going to run the heck out of the ball, whether it be Lamar, whether it be Ingram, J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards. They're going to run the ball. That's how they're going to win games, and their defense is going to shut you down. But it seems like, you know, the Chiefs attacked their weaknesses and did everything that they needed to do to quiet that team, and that's exactly what they do. I mean, it says, you know, they scored 20 points, but it, it really should not have been 20 points, like you said. That, that stat line is very deceiving. Yeah, it was. And look, I think this is more so, and maybe evenly so, about just how incredible Patrick Mahomes is. And we'll get, I'll get to that in a minute. But if Kansas City is able to slow them down, obviously they've got Chris Jones and Frank Clark up front. What do you think they're going to do against Pittsburgh twice a year mm-hmm. with arguably the best front seven in football? What are they going to do? I, do I'm going to check right now. Do the Ravens play the Bills this year? They do because not. No. They don't? Okay, so... But I will uh, say this. Last year, when they when they faced them in the regular season, it seemed like, you know, Buffalo Buffalo was the first... Or uh, Baltimore was, you know, they, they beat the Bills. But it kind of seemed like Buffalo was the first team to really start figuring out what they have to do to beat the Ravens, even though they didn't get it done. But they were very close. They went all the way to the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get it done. But then, you know, the, the Titans even said they used Buffalo's blueprint in the playoffs to beat... Baltimore and you know I think teams are going to start figuring them out and I kind of said that when when Lamar Jackson was getting drafted that you know teams are going to figure him out he's a dynamic player he's he's so fun to watch he can do so many crazy things but you can only run around so much you can only do so many run uh run pass option plays in a row so you know I still think that Baltimore is a very good team I still think they're going to win a lot of games but you know there's there's no debate that that Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is superior. Yeah, definitely. You look at the uh, the schedule coming up for Baltimore. They got Washington next week, uh, Cincinnati, then at Philadelphia on um, their next three games. But after that, Kurt, they're home for Pittsburgh. That's no guarantee when they go on the road to Indianapolis, who their defense has been playing pretty well offensively. We don't really know what we're going to get from them on a week-to-week basis. And then they go to New England, which will be fun to see how well Bill Belichick's defense goes up against Lamar. We saw how it went last year when it was uh, uh, um, in Baltimore. so um, And then after that, they got Tennessee and then at Pittsburgh and then home for Dallas. So like a six-game stretch and the meat of the season, mate. It's We'll see. I mean, I'm, by no means am I writing off Baltimore either, but it just seems whenever they play, whenever opposing defenses just say, let's just shut down the run, they have no answer for it. They can't pass right. the ball. And, you know, I'm not saying that to be a hater. It was proven last night. He threw for 97 yards. <laughs> And so, I think a big part of that is, I mean, we've talked about it before, is just the weapons that he has to throw to. I mean, Marquise Brown is – he was hyped up coming out, a first-round draft pick, and he's, he's a very talented player. He's got speed that can burn anybody. But is he going to be, you know, that number one wide receiver that, that Lamar Jackson can trust? And then, you know, you got Mark Andrews, who's a great tight end, but that's one guy. I mean, who else are they going to throw to? Boykin, they got Willie Sneed out there. I mean, the running back room is great, but – I just think that, you know, Lamar needs a little more help on the outsides there when it comes to his wide receivers. I think that Marquise Hollywood Brown is a solid number one receiver for this offense. Sure. In the league, 
he would be a guy who would get between, you know, 65 to 80 catches if he played in an offense that threw him the ball. He's got 12 catches through three games so far, only four mm-hmm. a game. For a number one receiver in an offense, you expect more out of that, but they don't throw him the ball. Right. And so yep. they were – I think that they were last in the NFL in targets to wide receivers last year, and I think they were 29th in receptions by receivers last year. So it's not the fact that Oliver Brown isn't good enough to do it. They don't give him the opportunity to do it because if they're not running the ball, they're throwing it to Mark Andrews. Last night, J.K. Dobbins led them in receiving yards. So their offense is just solely focused on tight ends, and the run game is just a very power-based offense. Hollywood Brown, it's almost a wasted pick almost because you don't give him the opportunity to do what he does best, and that's burn people and bomb it All to right. him because you don't seem to have the quarterback to throw it accurately down the field to him. So Yeah, and, it, you know, an- another thing too is – you know, Baltimore's defense has been praised since, you know, even last year, just how dominant, how great they are. And Mahomes looked like he was playing a, a varsity football team out there. He was just, you know, picking whoever he wanted to drop the ball right in the spot that they needed to. And he was moving the ball well. Uh, Clyde Edwards E. Lair was running all over the field there. And it was, it was kind of interesting. I mean, I, I was not expecting that. I really was not expecting it to be that much of a blowout. And the thing – the the big factor in all this is the fact that Patrick Mahomes was sacked zero times throughout yeah. the game. And the blueprint, if you want to beat the Chiefs when they're on fire like this, the only way you can do it is if you get Pat Mahomes on the ground. And even against the Blitz last night, 17 to 23 touchdowns, almost a perfect passer rating. Nothing phases him and right now. Literally, so, if, if you watch the game, I, I, I watched pretty much the whole game. It, the amount of pressure that Baltimore sent him, the amount of times that they just sent the house on him, and this guy just flicks his wrist, and it's a 50-yard touchdown to Miko Hardman. It is unreal how, how poised and how accurate this guy can be under pressure. And that is, you know, we need to give a lot of that credit to offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid because th- their play style, their play calling, their play design, it is mm-hmm. unlike – it's far and away in a different stratosphere than anybody else in the NFL. And we saw – I think what my favorite play of the night was the shuffle pass to the fullback Anthony mm-hmm. Sherman. For the touchdown, mm-hmm. they they're just getting deeper and deeper in their bag of tricks, and that's not that's just a simple little right. underhand toss, nothing special. He just kind of leaks out, you know, after faking a block. He's just standing there waiting. So they're not doing anything. I don't know what the word. They're not doing anything like significantly insane in the goal line situation. Right. Uh, you know, some they'll roll out Eric Fisher, kind of like they used to, the Patriots used to do with Mike Vrabel mm-hmm. when they put him in, and it's just they are so just it just seems that they're so above and beyond in terms of thinking outside the box and Absolutely. it's it's helping them win games so obviously Kansas City is now 3 and 0 Baltimore goes to 2 and 1 which leaves my Pittsburgh Steelers in sole possession of first mm-hmm. place in the AFC North we'll get into that a little bit later we'll get Matt Verderaman here very shortly uh, to discuss last night's game between Kansas City and Baltimore our local Chiefs fan from Fansided so I'm sure and that he was he very is, uh... happy he is, as we are speaking, about to join us. I am letting oh, him into look the at chat that? room here. So right on time, this man is never late. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he loves, you know, I'm sure he was a very happy man last night uh, when his Chiefs were dominating the Baltimore Ravens. Matt, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I, uh, I worked quite a bit the last couple of days, but that Monday night game, yes, from a personal standpoint, it was very enjoyable. <laughs> I think that you are the only person who might have enjoyed last night more than me because I, I said this to Kurt earlier. As a Steelers fan, last night was porn for my eyes, man. That was that was some of the best the best feeling I've had watching a game 
uh, in a while. Not not to be compared to you know when my Steelers get a win, but it, it was it was a good night. I was surprised at how easy it was. I, yeah. I thought, like, I really thought Baltimore was going to come out and play very inspired football. I mean, you figured they haven't beaten the Chiefs with Mahomes. Jackson's zero two against them going into last night, all that stuff, and the Chiefs really. I look the score makes it seem closer than the game really was. Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs gave up a kick return for a touchdown. They they missed a couple of kicks, turned it over in the red zone. They still won by 14. So, yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest. I, I thought the Chiefs might win the game, but I was surprised at how it really seemed almost like it wasn't even difficult. Right? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Maverick Rums' Twitter page last night. He's saying, I think Baltimore's going to win this game. And I'm, yeah. I, I'm just like, uh, Matt, like – what, what's, up, what's going on in that head of yours over there? You didn't seem to have, mm-hmm. have too much faith in your Chiefs last night. I just felt like emotionally it was going to be hard for the Chiefs to match Baltimore because I figured, you know what, what do the Chiefs care? Like, I, I know home field, they get all that, but if the Chiefs had to go to Baltimore in January, I just really felt like, fine. If they had to go there, they'll, <laughs> they'll go there, and they'll probably win. Like, they're, they're just I, – I thought there would be a lot more motivation on Baltimore's side. You're at home, you're 0-2 against this team, you've got all this stuff to prove. Um, I think I did put in a tweet out of yesterday, maybe a few days ago, that I thought schematically the Chiefs were a problem for them because Baltimore loves to blitz. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs just kill teams that blitz. Um, so I did think if there was the emotion uh, you know, component taken out of it, that the Chiefs would win the game. And I got to give it to Kansas City. I'll be honest. I was a little surprised. They, they really came out with, with a ton of emotion. Mahomes uh, seemingly had quite a bit to prove in his own mind. And it, it manifested itself. 500 yards of offense, 34 points, and – Really, what was a beating? Yeah, I mean, we we were talking about it before you joined us here, and just it looked like he was just you know having fun making it look easy against one of the best team, one of the best defenses in football here. But um, Matt, I want to get your take because Jared and I were talking about this just a couple minutes ago. About do you think that you know besides the point, it's Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, these these genius guys, and um, all the guys in the front office for the Chiefs. But do you think teams are gonna start you know? figuring out how to stop Baltimore because they are so reliant on the run. They're so reliant. You know that they're going to win games by running the ball. And the Chiefs shut that down last night, and they won very easily. They won convincingly. Um, and I kind of said that, you know, since Lamar has been been drafted, that by, you know, by the time a few years are up, yeah, he's going to have an MVP, but he's going to get figured out. Teams are going to, you know, be able to stop him in some way. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, look. It's all about can you get a lead on them? That really is is the difference with playing Baltimore, and most teams don't get a lead. You know, they, look, they bring a ton of pressure. They're hard to play against. The Chiefs are uniquely set up to beat them because they have a quarterback who, if you blitz him, he just goes berserk. <laughs> and they have so many weapons. They're so fast. I mean, look, I, I'm a huge Marcus Peters guy. The Chiefs destroyed Marcus Peters. I mean, Kansas City just went at him over and over and over and over that whole game. So – to answer the question, look, I think if you can get a lead on Baltimore, that's why Tennessee beat him in the playoffs. They got up 14-0 on him, and it mm-hmm. took them out of their game. The one thing I am surprised with, because Harbaugh is a very good coach, they at times get away from the running game very quickly when they get down. And I understand, you know, look, there's that internal clock maybe, like, hey, we got we to pick it up. We got to go down and score. But Baltimore is not set up to throw the ball. They cannot throw the ball outside the numbers. And if you watched that game last night, the Chiefs basically were begging Jackson to throw the ball outside. They just didn't care. They were like, you're not throwing the ball to Andrews. You're not running. Beat us. And I think if you have the personnel to do it and you can get ahead of them, 
Like, I'll, I'll give you a team. I think Dallas could be a problem for them when they play them because Dallas can score. Dallas oh. is going to spread them out. They've got a really good offensive line when it's healthy. And the Cowboys are essentially going to say, we're scoring 30 points. Beat us. That, that is where I do think the Ravens have a tough time. I mean, if, if Kurt, if your Bills continue to put up points the way they're putting up points, mm-hmm. it becomes hard. The, it, that is the key, though. You have to get up on Baltimore, and that's why you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to do it. They're a very good team. I think Matt might have been listening to us before he came on because what did I say? <laughs> if you get a solid lead on Baltimore, they can't pass themselves back into games, and they've shown that, whether it was last year against Tennessee, whether it was the year before against the Chargers in the playoffs. Uh, it seems that – and teams are starting to realize, hey, if we get, you know, a solid, you know, touchdown 10-point lead, they're not going to be able to pass their way back in if we take away um, where he where he usually goes. Because like you said, Mark Andrews was a non-factor last night. And I get that he had a couple key drops. You can't put all of that on Lamar Jackson. Right. Two catches from Mark Andrews, I think, is what he finished with. I'm pulling up the, uh, the box score now as we look at the receiving right. numbers. Yeah. Three catches, 22 yards on the day, on the night for Mark Andrews. So along with two drops, one of them being in the end zone. So mm-hmm. – you can't put all of that on Lamar Jackson, but besides that, like you said, outside the numbers didn't seem to be uh, too effective, and he hasn't really been effective from there to begin with. So um, when, when we keep getting going, I pick Pittsburgh to win the division. You can, I'm sure you know, i got a lot of people calling me a homer because of you know, my, my allegiance to Pittsburgh. They can get a ton of pressure just sending four. We've seen that happen. They lead the NFL. They got 15 sacks. If Cameron Hayward and Stephon Tewitt are able to get through, Tyson Alou-Alou has looked really good at the nose tackle spot. They really haven't had to bring a ton of pressure. If they're able to do that against not just Baltimore, but Kansas City as well, I'm starting to like how they look in terms of being legit AFC title contenders. I said before the year, I thought they'd win the division. I thought they were the biggest challenger to the Chiefs, and they still do. I, I think they are. Now, the question with Pittsburgh is offensively, are they consistent enough? Because early on in the year, Roethlisberger's had stretches where he's played really well. Then he's had stretches where they've kind of tailed off. I mean, look, that, that game against Denver, they almost lost at home to Jeff Driscoll. So, mm-hmm. the I'm Steelers, <laughs> and, and I know, Jared, I know you know this, but like the Steelers, they, they play up to competition. They mm-hmm. play down to competition. They're a weird team in that regard. But when you play up to competition, that bodes well in the playoffs. Like they – they are a tough team to play because of that component where they have Watt and Dupree into it and, and Hayward and so on and so forth. So, look, I agree. And they've got, you know, look, Bush is a rangy linebacker. Fitzpatrick's the kind of guy who could take away Andrews one-on-one. He could do, he could do the same with Kelsey. So, I do think they're, they're very good. I think they will win the division. I do. I think, they're, I think they're the best team. My only concern – well, two concerns. Roethlisberger's got to stay healthy. He's 38. He's got a history mm-hmm. of getting hurt. And then B – I do need to see them throw the ball a little bit more with some consistency. They've had really good highlights. I mean, Claypool's been good early on, but they've just – they go in fits where they, they look good, then they look bad. Then they look good, then they look bad. I mean, that, that, the Houston game is a perfect example of it. They were – in stretches, they were atrocious. And then in other stretches, they were really good. So, uh, but I, I'm with you. Look, I like Pittsburgh a lot. I think a lot of what has to do with Pittsburgh is, you know, they bring in Matt Canada from Minnesota to kind of bring some more modernism to their offense this year. That's why we're seeing a lot of motion we see – we saw it a lot in week one where they would run. It would either be Deontay Johnson or James Washington who would come in motion before they did the same handoff to the right guard side, which uh, David DeCastro was injured for the first two weeks. So I think that can be kind of chalked up to why that wasn't as successful. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that if, if they feel comfortable in the lead, they kind of slow it down a little bit because they want to avoid mistakes. And I think they feel a lot more confidence in their defense than years past when Ben's been there. 
So this is kind of the first time where Ben hasn't had to throw the ball 45 times a game for them to be able to be successful and win. Now, against Houston, they get down early 14-3, and then Eric Ebron goes off for his best game as a Steeler, gets five catches and a touchdown in the red zone. So Pittsburgh is a weird team in that regard, and like you said, they do play down. I mean, I've seen them lose to Mike Glennon on the road. I've seen them lose to Miami when they were a bad team led by Matt Moore. Um, so it's – they are weird in that regard. That's why I'm kind of hesitant going into this weekend, which we need to get into as well, because we don't know if there's going to be a game this weekend right now. Um, Tennessee has the, the few outbreaks. Um, Minnesota also is, I believe their, their facilities got shut down. Yep. Um, so what's, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I know I saw your tweets, on, you know, just for everybody who hasn't, what, uh, what seems to be, uh, what, what's going to happen this week? I don't think it's known yet, but I'll say this. Like, I think if, if they do isolate this and it's three players and five coaches for the Titans and that's what it is and they can, they can clean the facility, they can quarantine these guys. Look, they're, if, if that's what happens, they're playing this game. They're 100% playing this game. They may, they may move it to Monday night or even like a Tuesday or some, something that you wouldn't normally see. The NFL is not going to stop playing. That is the one thing when these tests came out, you see people immediately go into like a full-blown panic. Look, the NFL makes $15 billion this year. (laughs) They're not shutting it down because eight guys in Nashville got COVID. (laughs) I I know that probably sounds insensitive. It's the truth. It's the truth. They make way too much money. They're not shutting this down because the Titans got COVID. if, if, If it ends up being three players, guess what, Tennessee? You're calling up three guys off your practice squad and you're playing. And we don't care if you didn't practice. That's what's going to happen because it's 2020 and all the rules are out the window. So, look, now, if it, if it turns out that 20 guys on the team have COVID, then you're going to have to start maneuvering the schedule a little bit. I know it's been out there that they could potentially move the game like a month from now. And look, the NFL will figure it out. But if it's only those three players, I'm sure they'll just quarantine them. Tell them don't come yeah. anywhere near the facility until you test twice negative. And, uh, look, See you on Sunday or maybe, you know, a day or two later. But I would, I would think as of right now, if that's all – if, if those are the only tests that come out of it that are positive, I think they're going to play. Yeah, and I Kurt, mean oh, – I, I did see one thing um, before. Um, somebody had said, well, there's one way that they could do this. You know, they could just play Sunday, which I think I agree with you, Matt. That's definitely probably the best way to do it. Um, I saw another one, you know, they're saying, okay, we pushed back the week seven matchup between Pittsburgh and Baltimore, moved that to week eight. Use week four as Pittsburgh's official buy. Tennessee has, a, has their official buy week seven. Just use week four as their official buy as well and just play week seven. That I seems think that like that's... such a headache. Exactly. So, yeah, Kurt, go ahead, buddy. You can tell me what uh, you think about that. No, I mean, I was just going to say this is – I'm very interested to see how they do this because this is the first time we've seen this with, with the NFL. Um, we saw it happen in the MLB. You know, they had to suspend a lot of games. There's a couple teams that missed, like, a good chunk of games compared to some other teams. Didn't really see it in the NBA because they were in the bubble and, you know, NHL kind of the same thing, but I'm interested to see how they do this. I really hope that they don't, you know, mess with the schedule for all these different teams and move these games around. I'd rather them just play Sunday, say you're out of these three guys. It's kind of, I mean, as bad as it sounds, it's your own fault. You guys should have been smarter about it. So you got to deal with the consequences. You have to play without them. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think we know or will know who tested positive, but um, I'm, I'm interested because one, because I want to see how the NFL handles this. And two, I'm a little upset because I wanted to see the Pittsburgh Steelers go up against like, you know, a good team. Jared, I know that you're not too high on the Titans this year, but are they a good team though, Kurt? 
okay, but the, the Steelers haven't really played too many good teams. They haven't. The Giants are not a good team. Broncos what do you mean, had, mate? Daniel Jones looks fantastic. Yeah, right. Okay. They, <laughs> then they went up against Jeff Driscoll, who's not even going to be the starting quarterback for the Broncos this week. And the Texans, you know, they got Deshaun Watson, who's, who's a great player, but not too much help besides that. So I, I, I am interested to see uh, the Steelers go up against a good team like the Titans or, you know, in, in a few weeks down the road here when they go up against the Ravens. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. Matt Verderon, what are your what are your thoughts on Kurt's, Kurt's takeaways there? I mean, the Steelers have played three teams that suck. It seems fair. <laughs> okay, you. but you could say the same thing about the Titans who have played a Broncos team. Oh, who have also played three teams that suck. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, but – Okay. Look, I think, I think the Titans are a good team who I expect to make the playoffs. I don't know if they'll win that division or be a wild card team. I think it's them in Indianapolis, obviously. Um, I think Tannehill's been pretty good. Like, now, now, Tannehill's an interesting guy. Like, he needs play action. If he can't use play action, he's dead in the water, right? He's kind of like Lamar Jackson in that regard, honestly. Like, he, he needs play action. If he's just got to take a five-step drop and throw the ball in third and nine, it's probably not going to end well. Uh-huh. So, look, I, I, think, I think the Titans are a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they're going back to the AC title game. I think that was kind of a magic carpet ride type of thing. Um, but I think they'll win, you know, nine, ten games, be there, be in the mix, be the kind of a team that if you catch them on the wrong day, they could cause a problem for you. But, like, to me, I don't, I don't think they're on the same level as, you know, Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, potentially Buffalo. I, I don't think they're, they're there. I think no. Hill can be somewhat comparable to Dak Prescott in that, in that way, too, where he needs, you know, kind of, you know, a good offensive line, a solid run game to really be productive. Now, Dak's looked really good this year. And, you know, the Cowboys being one and two, I don't think we can put that all on him, especially with the way that he's played. But in years past, I think that at least that's a solid comp in terms of their styles of play. Yeah, Matt, I, uh, I I heard you say potentially Buffalo. Um, I, I need to I need to move <laughs> into my my Bills talk since Jared had his Steelers talk here. That's uh, fair. What do you mean potentially here? They're they're three and zero. Yes, they blew a twenty five point lead, but they came <laughs> oh, back man. and won that game. So oh, no, I don't know. I want to hear this uh, this potentially uh, take here. So I wrote a column that I'm sure a lot of Bills fans either were a little annoyed with or really annoyed with on Monday <laughs> when I wrote that. Like, I think it, the Bills, there's more there. And, and so my feeling on Buffalo is if you want to just talk about that they're a playoff team, yeah, they're a playoff team. Absolutely they are. Yes, 100%, unless they get hurt, they're making the playoffs this season. And I think they'll win the division. But to me, there's more meat on the bone with the Bills than just going 10-6 and six and being a playoff team. Mm-hmm. You beat the Jets, fine. You know, I'm not going to – I don't do this thing where, like, people are like, oh, they only beat the Jets. Well, who cares? They beat them. They should beat them. They killed them. They beat the Dolphins, maybe a little closer than you would have liked. They won the game. It's a divisional game on the road. Fine, they won. Um, the Rams game, when they were up 28-3, to I was watching that game thinking to myself, man, I'm going to write a really <laughs> glowing column about the Bills and how, like, they're in that mix. And then they gave up 29 consecutive <laughs> points. And Josh Allen – in that stretch, now the, look, the interception I think was a horrible call. Thank it you. is what it is. Okay, he, th- he threw the ball for grabs, but it, I, I don't think it should have been a pick. I think it actually was caught. It, it, then he fumbles. He takes a million sacks where he's like twenty yards behind the line of scrimmage. He took a face masking penalty, which I've never seen a quarterback called for a face mask ever. <laughs> and then you know, look, that questionable call at the end with the Rams. You could argue whether it was or wasn't pass interference. They, they go down and score. It fine. wasn't. But like my. 
my argument with the Bills and what I say potentially is just look, at some point, like I don't need Allen to do this like Houdini, Fran Tarkington behind the line script. Step up, throw the effing ball, hit the guy in the numbers, and get down the field. Like I don't need because look, you and I, we all know this. When they play the upper, upper, upper echelon teams, and the Rams are a good team, but when they play the upper echelon teams, if he turns the ball over twice, they're losing. Mm-hmm. They're losing. I'll tell you right now, if he turns the ball twice over against Belichick, they're losing that game. Like, it's just – and that's why I love the defense. And they've actually been slow to start somewhat, but I like yeah. their defense a lot. I love McDermott. I think Bean is a, is a great GM. I was lucky enough last summer to talk to him at length. and One of the smarter guys I've come across and interviewed in the league. And, and Allen has been terrific by and large this year. The turnovers do concern me a little, but he's, but that comes with the territory with him to some extent. But that's why with the Bills, I just – I can't totally wrap my arms around it because it's just – it's so chaotic watching Josh Allen. <laughs> just, just, just throw the ball. Not everything has to be an adventure. It's just I, – I worry like when they play a really – like when they play Kansas City in a couple of weeks, if he does that, they're losing. Yeah, they're going. Like, if he, the Chiefs will score forty-five points. Like, you can't right. give them two extra possessions. So that's where I am on Buffalo, man. And you know, I think I think a big part of it this year is the Bills' defense is not the Bills' defense that we've seen, you know, last year, or the year before that. They have True. let up a lot of points. They've made a lot of mistakes. They've had injuries, yes, but you know, it's not the same team that that we see just continually shut down teams. We see them, you know, get a lot of pressure on the quarterback and get takeaways that's not happening this year and I think that's a big key of you know them giving up 29 points there to the to the Rams and it kind of it scares me a little bit but um you know I think they should have a, a bigger bounce back week uh, going going to Las Vegas on Sunday but uh Jared I know you're itching to get in here so go ahead yeah um I think Matt I think you were tweeting after the Bills game and I thought of Kurt immediately because I might have I might misquote this somewhat, but I believe you said something of the fact of the Bills just blew a 25 point lead, so I don't want to hear about them in terms of being the upper echelon of teams, <laughs> at least as yeah. of right now. And yeah. as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, Kurt's gonna enjoy seeing this. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if Kansas, like to me, I'm not comparing the Bills against Tennessee. They, they should be better than Tennessee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if that's the standard, then yeah, they're fine. But like to me, I'm comparing them against teams like Kansas City, Baltimore. Pittsburgh, if if the Chiefs are up twenty eight to three against the Rams, the Rams are not getting back in the game. Right. The game is over. The same holds true of Baltimore. And I, look, part of that is the Chiefs have been in, been there and done it. They've been in those spots and they've buried those teams. The Bills are a younger team. They've not even won a playoff game yet. And that's not a knock. It's just they're a younger team. They're an ascending team. They've got to do those things. I love the Bills. I picked them to win the, the division this year. I stand by that. I think the Bills are really talented. And I think defensively they'll be fine. I think they'll get it right. But, yeah, I, I got, I'm, I'm being honest. Josh Allen, I, there are about a half dozen plays a game where I just look at him and go, oh, my God, what is he doing? What is he doing? I mean, there was the one play, and I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, my mind is soup at this point. But I think uh, <laughs> there was a play in the game, might have been the fourth quarter, where he took off and like just like lateraled the ball backwards. Yes, I'm like, he, what is he was, he yeah, doing? he was he was running right, and Isaiah McKenzie was there to his right, standing along the sidelines. The only reason I was, you know, don't don't make that play. But the only reason I was okay with it, I came to terms with it, was you know, he's he's on the won. sidelines. Well, yes, but that's why it, it wasn't it a turnover. To a touchdown the other direction. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, why. But if that would have hit, 
I mean, either way, he's going to either hit it or he's going to throw it out of bounds. So it's not, it's not like the play, you know, we saw in the playoffs where he was just thrown behind his head. He was looking at Isaiah McKenzie. He was either going out of bounds or it was going for a touchdown. I get and, that, and that's progress from last year whenever he decided to <laughs> throw a no-look pass like Jason White Chocolate I, or something that Dawson Knox would catch it. Look, man, I, I get that. But the problem with that is if you go to lateral that ball, and yes, if you get the ball clean, I agree with you, Kurt. Those are the two outcomes. But what happens when you go to do that and you get hit from the side, you don't expect it, and instead of a lateral, he basically just drops the ball <laughs> and some corner picks it up and races 70 yards the other direction. Right. Like, Absolutely. Then your column is going to be pretty easy to write that next yes. Monday yeah. morning. Like yeah. At some point, you got to – like, there's a little Favre to him, which is fine. Mm. Like, Favre is a Hall of Famer, first battle Hall of Famer. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, I like a little devil may care in my quarterback. I think you need that sometimes. Roethlisberger's like that sometimes. I was Mahomes, just about to say. He's Mahomes a, does a lot like a young Roethlisberger. He drifts 15 yards back and, yeah. you know, he throws the ball left-handed. I mean, that's fine. But the balance has to be that it can't come with the, oh, my God, what are you doing mistake? <laughs> when it's like first and 10. Bro, just live for another day. Chuck it 100 rows deep. It's <laughs> fine. Like on third and 12, I get that a little bit. You're yeah. trying to keep it alive. There are so many times with Allen where I'm watching the game, I have no vested interest, and I'm just sitting there going, throw it away. Throw it away. Throw <laughs> and, it. It'll be- and he's just running like with his back to the line of scrimmage. Like, what are you doing? And that'll that'll come on first down, too. It'll be first and ten, and yeah. they'll try something like that. It's like, so. gosh, man, it's fine. Just yeah. chuck it. It's right. totally like, don't worry about it. You got talent yeah. on this team. Like, you can pick up second and ten. It's okay. Mm-hmm. That's See, my- that, that's what makes him so exciting, though, and that's why the league loves him. Josh Allen is like riding a roller coaster on meth. <laughs> okay. Did you experience on that? Yeah. I do not. I saw somebody tweet it and I don't know who it was or else I'd give them credit. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> say say what you will, but um my bills are three and oh, so that's uh that's all I'll say here. Yeah. You should be feeling good. You should be feeling better than me right now. I'm an Oakland A's fan. They're about to start the playoffs mm. here in ten minutes. And I, that they I look, are. Every year in the playoffs, they they find a way to blow it in spectacular fashion. <laughs> so I'm look, I'm I'm not even for the first time I watched the A's now for twenty years. Not even concerned. Wow. Okay. Know immediately how it's going to end. So, can't wait. Bring it on. I'm rep- repping my Buffalo Blue Jays today, so I'm pulling for them in the, uh, in the playoffs that. here. I see I'm that. repping my 20 and 40 Pittsburgh Pirates today, and we're going to have the number one overall pick in baseball. So, that's where you, we are in terms of that. Are, you guys are a disgrace. But that's oh, right. yeah. The, Neil Huntington should have should have been forced to sell that team decade a decade ago, but unfortunately, uh, yeah. that has not been the case. Matt Verderam, go watch your Oakland A's get a playoff win. We appreciate your time as always. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All Thanks, right. Matt. See you, buddy. Yeah, man. So, uh, I, yeah, I was keeping up with Matt on Twitter after the Bills game, and, oh, my Lord, I was just <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and I was like, he is <laughs> – if Kurt sees this, I'm going to imagine a Twitter oh, feed that begins I, I in saw my head. Him. I saw yeah, him. Yeah, I figured I, you did. I love, I love talking to Matt, so I'm not going to, you know, come at him because he's, right, he's, right. he's an expert. But, you know, it, it was – I, I will say Josh Allen kind of looked like his rookie year, Josh Allen, in that fourth quarter because his offensive line was just getting eaten alive by Aaron Donald. He was just feasting on them, doing whatever he wanted, and he looked flustered. He really did. That was the first time this year that I've seen him not look poised in the pocket in the fourth quarter. He was, you know, the, the final drive, yes, the final drive he looked great because, you know, he's the comeback kid. He does that all the time. But, you know, before that he was making mistakes. He was looking a little shaky, but – 
I mean, take nothing away from this guy. He, he had five touchdowns, five total touchdowns, four passing, one rushing, 311 yards. I mean, he played a good game, not great, but, you know, he beat a good team. And, you know, he, he rallied back. They were down. He knew what he had to do, and he did it. They, they won. And, you know, you can take whatever you want away from that game. But Josh Allen's pretty clutch. When you need him to be in the fourth quarter, he is clutch. And I will say this as well. Josh Allen put them up 28 to three. He wasn't the one who gave up 29 on answer. Right. Points. Yeah. I mean, so, yes, he could have, you know, he should have scored a few times during that 29 point run by the Rams. But mm-hmm. again, that defense needs to step it up a little bit. And I think, you know, they'll, they'll have a good shot of doing that this week against the Raiders because Raiders did not look too hot uh, on Sunday against the Patriots. And mate, I've told you this, you know, this season, I think the Raiders are a, you know, a seven and nine team at best. I think they're a middling team who will play you tough. But in terms of, you know, a playoff team, I don't think they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they played a Patriots team that – here's the thing. Offensively with Vegas, they have more talent on offense than the Patriots do. They were missing Henry Ruggs. I believe he didn't play. Ryan Edwards was dealing with a thumb, I believe, was his injury. So, but even outside of that, the only place where you can say that the Patriots are legitimately better on offense – Offense, maybe offensive line. The Raiders yeah. are better everywhere else. And then defensively, yeah. I think that's where the Raiders kind of – we talked about this last week where you were trying to figure out if the Raiders were legit. Defensively, they're a bunch of you know, C-plus, B-minus guys who no one's really talked about because we don't – they're not really household names. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're a horrible team. I think that they're going to be a tough outing every week. But I don't think that they're quite to the level of playoff caliber yet. Yeah, and, you know – they they have they've gotten hit by the injury bug just like so many teams in this league this year. Yeah. But you know, going into week week four here against the Bills, they have like ten guys on the injury report. I think yeah. they're like some big bigger name guys. I'm looking at the list right now: uh, Tyrell Williams, Trent Brown, Nick Patowski, Richie Incognito, Henry Ruggs, Brian uh, Edwards, and Damon Arnett. I mean, those are those are starting players on that team that are really going to take a hit if they can't play in. It's, most of them seem like they're pretty serious. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I I talked about the Raiders beginning of the year that they could be a surprise team. And they, they I mean, they surprised the hell out of me when they beat the Saints. And right. I, think, I think they might have a few more of those games, you know, in their pocket where it's just they shouldn't win, but they do somehow. And they're going to spoil some team at the end of the year. And they're just going to hate the Raiders forever. But, um, no, I don't, I don't think – you know, they're going to make the playoffs. I think they just might be that kind of annoying team that nags at you and, you know, might might win a few games they shouldn't. Speaking of disappointing teams, the Philadelphia Eagles tied the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals this past weekend for the second time in 12 years. Okay, so <laughs> speaking of that, can you believe Mike Tanier predicted a 22-22 tie between the Bengals and the Eagles in his column? <laughs> that's why he's that's why he is the genius expert uh, when it comes to NFL talk here. Um, I didn't believe it, but then I saw Aaron Schatz tweeted out Tanier's piece from uh, from Football Outsiders. 22-22 tie. They tied 23-23. I need to get, we need to get him on the show here very <laughs> shortly and uh, and praise him for that because my God, what a man! I mean, but can can we just before we break down this game a little bit? Can we both be in agreement and anybody that's listening be in agreement that the NFL and all of pro sports needs to rid the tie from anything ever to exist. Yeah. Why in the world is there a tie game and a professional sport? It makes no sense to me. There's a lot of people that are for it. I mean, uh, you know, 
soccer has ties and that's very much part of their game and they seem to not be bothered by it whatsoever. Uh, college football for a while had ties until they got rid of it because they realized that maybe they didn't, that, they, that there shouldn't be ties. But yeah, I think football is the only one of the four major sports. Hockey had it up to, I believe, 04 or 05 when they instituted the shootout. So I think we should have something similar to that in football. I think that I t- now I saw McAfee tweet this and people are going to think I stole it from McAfee. I need to find something from my old podcast because I think it was Matt that I told it to where it was after what game was that Washington and Cincinnati tied a couple years ago. And I think right. I had Matt on my old podcast and I said, just go to a kickoff. If it gets to the <laughs> end of a, just get to the end of it. If it gets to the end of overtime, start from the 30 or the 25, even start with 42 yard field goals, back it up five yards. If they keep making them last one that makes it win. I think that that could definitely work. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems like it's something out of a video game. That's just kind of, I mean, it would be absolutely electric to watch that. That would put so much emphasis on special teams and like exactly. having, having an elite kicker on your team. But I would much rather them do something, you know, like like college football with their overtime rules than than a kickoff. But that would be that pretty fun I to think watch. They should, I think they should just institute college football's overtime now. I think that's just a more yeah. efficient way of getting it done. Yeah. It's, they talk about not winning injuries. You're playing from inside the red zone where it's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. a three to six play drive at most instead of an actual, you know, length of the field drive. Right. I wouldn't mind if they would institute a college football type rule for overtime mm-hmm. i think that would make sense but outside of overtime the, the eagles look bad they look very so bad. bad very bad oh two and one on the year and you had them being number one in the nfc i did and look i'm gonna <laughs> own that because you know we can make the excuse about injuries carson Wentz doesn't look good at all no, i'm the biggest carson Wentz defender there is carson Wentz has underperformed a lot yep. he's made stupid throws he threw two more interceptions yesterday or two days ago i guess it was um he doesn't look good. And like I said, I get it. We've talked about the lack of weapons that he has. The offensive line's gone down. The defense isn't the best. He needs to play better. And if you look at his stats right now, I mean, I can pull them up and we can talk about Joe Burrow as well because Joe Burrow, once again, he's gone three games in and he's gone. They've been decided by a total. Let's see. They lost by three week one, five week. They've been decided by a total of eight points in three games. He's getting closer and closer to a win and he got, he got sacked eight times the other day joe the poor guy the poor guy needs an offensive line cincinnati fans need to start a gofundme for an offensive line because this (laughs) guy is just getting pummeled back there and it's not going to get any easier when he has to play baltimore twice a year and plays uh, the steelers twice a year that it won't but um i think he gets a win this week against jacksonville we'll get into that more on thursday when we do the preview show um, but before that, buddy, let's wrap it up and let's give our, our, our power rankings going into week four. Um, let's do it. How do we do this again? I always forget. We go, each of us give our 10 and then. Let's uh, do, uh, let's do top. We'll do top five and then we'll do six through 10. All right. I like that idea. Just as a, I know Carson Wentz on the year, three touchdowns, six interceptions. Horrible. All Yuck. right. So uh, I'll let you go first with your top five and then I'll answer. All right. I think the the easy pick here for number one is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, best quarterback in football. Uh, just such good coaching. Everything on that team is just good. Great team. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, number one. I got the Green Bay Packers at number two. Third week in a row that they have just surprised me. Not Not that I didn't think they'd be good, but just the way that they're playing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looks like a man on a mission. 
uh, just ready to take the league by storm. So I got the Packers at number two. I got my Buffalo Bills at number three. They almost blew it. They almost did, but they <laughs> didn't. So the Bills are number three for me. Um, even though it was a really ugly game Monday night, I got the Ravens at number four just because because of who they are. I think they're going to bounce back. I think they're still a great team. And um, number five, I got the Seattle Seahawks. They've been surprising me a lot this year too. Their defense isn't great, but Russell Wilson right now, give him the MVP trophy. We'll see, you know, 10 weeks down the road if he's still there. But uh, for now, uh, that, that's my top five. Chiefs, Packers, Bills, Ravens, Seahawks. All right. So we have a pretty similar top five. So I'll get to mine now. I yeah. got the Chiefs number one as well. I think that that's pretty obvious. Patrick Mahomes is playing like a man possessed as he usually does. The defense looks really good as well. Being able to stop the run against Baltimore. Kansas City's number one. I've also got the Packers at number two. Um, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, they might be the most complete team in the NFC right now. I know a lot of the attention's put on the passing game and the offense. Defensively, they've been very solid. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen that as well through the first three weeks. So they didn't have Devontae Adams, and they didn't care. Um, Aaron Rodgers you know, had a long bomb, too. Uh, I think it was Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. Had, yep. Yeah, he had, he, had a solid, he had a solid game there. Aaron Jones looks good. Um, I love the Packers. I think they're probably the best team in the NFC right now. Number three, your Buffalo Bills. They go down from number two from last week to number three solely because the Packers and Chiefs played incredible, and obviously we saw the Bills blow that big lead. I'm still not too concerned. I love Josh Allen. I think he's got a – I think that was a good comparison from Matt. I think he's got a little bit of Favre and a young Ben Roethlisberger in him where he's just running around trying to extend the play. Sometimes it's going to make you, you know, put your hands in your palms but or your face in your palms, but – he, he does make plays, and he's looked very well. He's a top three MVP candidate for me right now. Number four, I've got the Seahawks. Um, solely based off the fact that Russell Wilson will win them games all year long. Their defense isn't mm -hmm. good. They're without Jamal Adams this weekend. They're without Chris Carson this weekend. So we'll see if they get their first loss against Miami or if at least Miami makes it close. But defensively, they need a lot of work. But Russell Wilson is a man on a mission right now, and I agree. He is so far the MVP. Number five, I've got my Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, I get that they're – their schedule hasn't been great, but they can't control who they play, and they've beat them all. They started mm -hmm. off slow against the Giants, and they picked it up and won. Against Denver, they started off fast, and they kind of deteriorated until they needed to pick it back up again. And then mm -hmm. last week against Houston, um, start off slow and then pick it up. So I like what I'm seeing. Pittsburgh's number five. Six through ten for you, my friend. All right, six, I got your Steelers. You just hit everything for me, so I, I won't waste time talking about that. But I got the Steelers at six. I got the Buccaneers at seven. Uh, I feel like they've been, you know, quiet these past two weeks. They, they played uh, Carolina and then Denver, so not two not very strong opponents, but uh, that, that team is just so high-powered. I got, I got the Buccaneers at seven. I got the Rams at eight. They still look like such a good team. You know, that offense is very dynamic. That defense is going to win a lot of games, and their coaching is just great. So I got Rams at eight. Uh, Patriots at nine and the 49ers at 10. The 49ers surprised a lot of people coming out and just smacking the Giants because with the amount of injuries they've had. But uh, no, I got, I got the Patriots at nine after their, their big win against the Raiders and then uh, 49ers at 10. So I, I got Steelers, Bucks, Rams, Patriots, 49ers. All right. Well, again, we are very similar and keep Nick Mullins in a quarterback for the 49ers, apparently. So number six, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. I just think that once you take away their run game, they are not the same team. Lamar Jackson can't pass you back into games. That said, though, not a lot of people can take away their run game, and they become pretty unstoppable when they're on. Number seven, the Buccaneers. Uh, about 
two bounce back weeks from week one where, you know, they did turn the ball over a lot. They go out and get another big win. This one against Denver, a deteriorated Denver team. Nonetheless, they look great in the passing game. Mike Evans looks really good. So does Tom Brady. Number eight, the Rams. They gave your Buffalo Bills a hell of a run for it. Obviously, they came up short on a questionable P.I. call, but that is what it is. Um, they, they've shocked me a lot this year. I think they're going to be in the race for a wild card spot all season long. I also have the Patriots at number nine. Um, you know, playing a Vegas team who I think, you know, we got a little too excited about after they beat the Saints, um, who just don't seem to be like the same old Saints that we know. So that said, Cam's played well. Defense has looked all right at number nine for the Patriots. I'm going to keep the Cardinals in my top ten. You know, I picked the, the Lions to go in and beat the Cardinals this past weekend. Um, but I really like what, I, what I've seen so far from Kyler Murray. He did have a few turnovers that he's got to clean up. But, you know, going into a game this weekend against the Panthers, I think that's a solid rebound game. They're much more talented than that team. I think they get that win back. So 6 through 10, Ravens, Buccaneers, Rams, Patriots, Cardinals to round out my top 10. We are just in sync today on our, on our power that we rankings. Are. We, we didn't plan that, I promise. We, uh, we make our own power rankings, and it's a, it's a surprise every week that we do it. So That it is. So. All right, we've got about eh, two and a half minutes left. Kurt, where, they can, where can they find you on Twitter? You guys can find me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Uh, follow along with me. We have so much more stuff planned for this season, and possibly even this week uh, we might have a pretty cool guest maybe coming on the show that's in the works. So uh, stick along there. Find us at, uh, at Out P-T-S-T. Uh, you know, we'll tweet out any news that we have there and follow us along. Where, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jay Bailey NFL article on Ben Roethlisberger came out today. Betting lines article for this week will also come out probably later this afternoon. So find out who to bet on, who to make money and follow along with my Steelers. Jay Bailey NFL on Twitter. Uh, so that's probably about it for us on a Tuesday. We'll be back here on a Thursday to preview week four or Friday. One of these two days, whenever we get it all figured mm -hmm. out so later on in the week um to break down the thursday night game preview the the sunday of action for week four and hopefully get all this stuff with covid figured out for two games so kurt good talking to you buddy and we'll talk Absolutely. to everybody in a few days this is laces out and we will talk to you soon see ya thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.